Mr. Speaker, members of Congress, distinguished guests, and fellow Americans. If not you, not you, then who? If not now, when? The time is right now. It's time to get up. After a year of debate, protests, and deal making, Congress has passed a health care reform bill. This is a historic evening. It's hard to believe this measure has actually passed. It's about to become law. It's been fought over so intensely. This is what change looks like. Now, as momentous as this day is, it's not the end of this journey. The last U.S. troops have left Iraq. The remainder of the 5,500 soldiers crossed into Kuwait on Sunday, ending nearly nine years of American military presence in Iraq. For the first time in nine years, there are no Americans fighting in Iraq. Mayor Michael Bloomberg called the killing of Bin Laden a critically important victory. For the first time in two decades, Osama Bin Laden is not a threat to this country. The values and opinions expressed on the front page do not in any way represent those of Taxi Productions or Radio 3, 102.3, KJLH. We can do this. I know we can because we've done it before. No challenge is more urgent. No debate is more important. The state of our union is getting strong. But I intend to fight obstruction with action. We have a huge opportunity at this moment. But we have to seize it. The opponents of action are out of excuses. This is the front page with Dominique DePrima. Radio Free 102.3 KJLH. Good morning, I'm Dominique DePrima. As I'm approaching the microphone, I'm asking for blessings from God Almighty, the ancestors, the righteous elders. And Southern California's early morning communications drum is now wide open. Welcome, family. Welcome worldwide. Listening online at kjlhradio.com. Starting every single day with gratitude. Giving thanks to the Most High. Giving thanks to Stevie Wonder. He gives us this radio freedom every day. The management and staff of KJLH Radio. The front page team. Who's on deck today? Abby Bernard. Associate producer, Imaging Sal Talib, associate producer, Bone Czar, Brenda Cadell, production assistant, publicity, Zarina. I'm Dominique Dupremier, your host and producer. Busy day around here again, as in every day, lately, really always. 
That's the tradition of the front page. And we'll be celebrating 20 years of the front page next month. Mm. Some exciting stuff we have planned for you. Just keep it locked. I can't tell you right now, but I will. Also, I want to shout out Mothers of Africa, Mothers for Africa. They're having a special celebration on Saturday, day after tomorrow, uh, at 5.30. It's a dinner, and it will um, be honoring an awards dinner. They're honoring Amanda Wash, Senator Curran Price, um, Chef Kiti, Kiti Owadu, Dr. David Horn, and more. It's going to be at Farnsworth Park and Recreational Center in Altadena. And uh, they do great work in the Congo. They do great work in Haiti and really could use your support. If you can come break bread with us, I'll be there. Uh, 626-710-6676. 626-710-6676. It's up on DominateDeprima.com. Please join us. Um, it's going to be a, a, a lovely night, and it will support the awesome work that these women are doing. Lots of special guests. We're focusing on Trayvon Martin all week, and tomorrow we'll have Radio Free Phones. So we've got a few local issues we need to get into as well. All that and more. It's Radio Free 102.3 KJLH. And now, headlines for higher minds. A front page news brief with Dominique DePrima. It's 29th of March, 2012. Happy Women's History Month. Family of Slain, Florida teenager Trayvon Martin saying Wednesday that newly released police video showing the uncharged shooter George Zimmerman arriving at the station for questioning discredits claims he acted in self-defense. Chicago Sun-Times reports that it's described as a police surveillance video taken the night that Trayvon Martin was shot dead. 28-year-old Zimmerman is shown arriving at the Sanford, Florida police station in a police car, exiting with his hands cuffed behind his back and led to questioning. He is seen wearing a red and black jacket and does not appear to have blood on his head or nose in that surveillance video. Despite a concerted effort at Los Angeles City Hall to track the use of taxpayer-purchased fuel, more than $7 million in gasoline and other fuel have gone missing in recent years. According to an audit released Thursday, at dozens of sitting fueling sites, millions of gallons of fuel was pumped without any record of where it went. City Controller Wendy Gruel, whose office conducted the investigation, said some of the unaccounted-for gasoline may have been used for personal vehicles. A congressman removed from the House floor Wednesday after giving a speech about Trayvon Martin while wearing a hoodie. Representative Bobby Rush of Illinois told House members racial profiling has to stop. Rush, a former Black Panther, then uh, took off his suit jacket and pulled a gray hoodie on over his head. Republican Representative Greg Harper of Mississippi, who was presiding over the House, began to gavel Rush down, saying he was out of order. And the 911 caller has been arrested in that Pasadena police shooting. Police allege Oscar Carrillo called and claiming that suspects had guns led to the fatal shooting of Kendrick McDade, a Citrus College student. Carrillo say, uh, whom police say lied about the presence of a gun, is accused of involuntary manslaughter. That's in today's Los Angeles Times. 
NBA last night, the Suns get a beat down by the Clippers, 103-86. And tonight, it's the Thunder in town visiting the Lake Show. Mostly clear today, highs in the low 70s. Right now, 54 degrees in downtown Los Angeles. I'm Dominic DePrima. This is Radio Free 102.3 KJLH. Being joined on the phone this morning by a special guest. He's the author of an article called White People, You Will Never Look Suspicious Like Trayvon Martin. He's editor-in-chief of GlobalGrind.com and the political director to hip-hop mogul Russell Simmons, also an award-winning filmmaker. Michael Skolnick is joining us on the phone this morning. Welcome to the front page, Michael. Mr. Skolnick. Yes, how are you? There Good morning. you are. Good morning. Welcome to the show. It's great Thanks. to hear from you. Thank you for having me. Well, um, I must say, just looking at your site, you guys do a spectacular job in your coverage uh, of this particular case, Trayvon Martin. I mean, I, I do see stuff up at Global Grind that I don't see other places. Well, I, I take great pride um, in our team of what we've done. Uh, we've covered this story from the very beginning. Um, we have um, tried to you know, give the generation on globalgrind.com as, as, as much as possible, um, as quickly as possible, because uh, we do feel uh, that this case and this situation is something that resonates uh, among young people especially and uh, you know, probably will be something we'll be talking about for years to come. And I think, you know, just because of the fact that you've covered the case in such detail, for example, uh, I saw on Global Grind the girlfriend of Trayvon Martin hospitalized. I haven't seen that anywhere else, that she was so stressed she actually was hospitalized and, um, you know, and is now under medical watch, really. Yeah, the girlfriend um, was hospitalized uh, right after the wake um, of Trayvon. So, so this is a few weeks ago, and and um, you know has you know I, I went through you know a, a traumatic experience was when she realized that she was the last person to speak to him. I think that uh, it overwhelmed her, and she's you know she's a young person. Uh, so our thoughts and our prayers are with her and her family as well as she goes through a tough time. And, uh, you know, if you have questions or commentary, 520-KJLH, as always, 520-5554 from any area code. If you're out of state, just give us a 213 or 310. And show us some love. Your article, um, White People, You'll Never Look Suspicious Like Trayvon Martin, one of the things, the points that you make that really resonated with me was comparing this situation to the Coney 2012 viral video. Well, you know, the, the, two weekends ago, um, I, I received a number of emails from friends and colleagues about Trayvon. They were saying, "Have you read you know, Charles Blow's op-ed in the New York Times? Did you read uh, Bathgate's piece in the in the Washington Post?" And, and Melissa Harris Perry uh, did a piece in MSNBC and Don Lemon on CNN. And I said, "Yeah, I've seen them all, but what, 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 what the, the similarities between all of them is they're all black people talking about a young black man who was killed." And I thought, "Where are white people?" And just two weeks prior to that, all of my white friends have been tweeting about and Facebooking and talking about. I, mean, I was getting emails from folks who, who I didn't think could care less about politics. Have you seen the video? Have you seen the thing about Joseph Coney? Are you going to try to go capture Joseph Coney? But then two weeks later, when 
you know, when Trayvon Martin's story came to light uh, in the middle sort of March, white people were just quiet and eerily quiet. And so I wrote this piece to challenge my, as, as a white person, for those who are listening, I'm a white man, so to challenge my uh, white friends that we can't be quiet. You know, this is, this is a moment, this is not just a black issue, this is not just a white issue, this is an American issue. And if we want to push forward, if we have a conversation about race, if we want a conversation uh, about how to make this country better, white people have to sort of, uh, first of all, come, come to the table and say, as, as I said in the piece, that I am a privilege. Uh, I was, I'm white, I'm a man, I'm American. I know uh, with that comes the privilege of never being assumed suspicious. Uh, and so I would never be able to walk to the street and have someone grab their purses as they walk by fear. I'll never walk in the street and worry about a taxi cab not picking me up. I'll never go into a restaurant and uh, have somebody um, ask me to pay before I eat. I'll never go through the, those, those experiences. I'll never walk through a neighborhood and have a man call 911 and say, I look suspicious because I have a hoodie on, a pair of jeans, and a pair of sneakers on. I wrote it. I like the way you said, though, you know, you talk about that privilege and you describe that. But you also say, I don't feel guilty about it. That's the hand I was dealt. No, I'm, I'm from hip-hop. You know, I came out of, you know, I was raised on Run DMC and the Beastie Boys. So I don't, it's, it's what I got. You know, it's, it's, it's the hand that I was dealt. It was the card that came out of the deck. Um, but, however, I'll say this, and I'm challenging any white person who's listening on the phone now. Yes, it's a, it's a damn good hand, and I, you know, as a man, I'm American, and I'm I'm, I'm white, so I ran the, I ran the, the you know the table. However, I have, I have choices to make. So you can you know if you want to judge me by the hand that I was dealt, then you know go ahead, nothing I can do about that. But if you want to judge me about how I play that hand, by the choices that I make in life, you have every right to do so. So I got choices. We all have choices, and we get choices to be quiet. And, and, and watch this, this injustice happen in our country and just sort of, you know, let it go? Well, we got choices to stand up and say it's wrong. I decided to stand up and say it's wrong. I'm going to stand with the family. I'm going to stand with the community. I'm going to say that this can never happen again in America. And it will happen again unless everybody says it's wrong. I mean, sadly, well, it's not a neighborhood watch, but we have a young man here in Los Angeles, is, um, Kendrick McDade, such That's a right. college student who is gun down because somebody lied and said he had a gun. That's right. Somebody lied and said he he did an armed robbery and apparently, you know, it's just and I can understand why some people are calling and saying why are we talking about Trayvon Martin when we have our own locally. I don't feel that way. I feel like all of these children are our children. And and when we take a stand for one, we take a stand for all. Yeah, I, I think it's I think we gotta be careful when we start being proprietary in terms of you know who's more important. Um, and and, and ter- you know a life is a life. I've gone to hundreds of funerals in the past three years or four years of young people who have been killed. From I was at a funeral two weeks ago, Daryl Adams in Queens and Kevin Miller in Queens and Darren Albert in Chicago and Ayanna Jones in Detroit. You know the young people are being killed in alarming rates in this country. Uh, whether it's black on black violence, whether it's white on black violence, whether it's black on white violence. Um, the violence in this country is just, we have an incredible sickness. But 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 what I what I think is important about this case is the race issue. I'm not afraid to talk about it. I want to talk about it. We need to talk about it. We know that Mr. Zimmerman racially profiled this young man. He says on the phone he looks suspicious. My question for him or any of his supporters is what made him look suspicious? Because I wear the same exact outfit on the weekends today. And the weekdays I wear suits and ties. But the weekends I wear hoodies, jeans, and a pair of Air Force Ones. I can walk through any neighborhood. We look just like each other. It's the only difference between myself and Trayvon is the color of our skin. So is it is he suspicious because of the color of his skin? If that's the case, we got a lot of work to do. 
5.47 in the morning. We already got folks calling want to go to the phones, but I know you've seen this video that has now been released, this police surveillance video of Mr. Zimmerman arriving in handcuffs uh, for questioning. And it's, I'm sorry, again, I am not a forensics expert, but you look at him, You know, there's no cut on his head. His nose is not broken. And the police are, even though the police examine his head, Clearly, they're not treating him gingerly like a man who's been severely injured. What do you make of that? Well, as you said, and I would agree, I'm no forensics expert either or police officer, but what I did notice right away, which sort of threw me off, was if there was blood, if there's any sign of blood on him, on his clothing, why didn't the police officers have gloves on? The police officers touch him. There's one gentleman in particular who touches him, and not one of them have a pair of plastic gloves on, and that right away concern me. I can't see his nose necessarily. It could be an internal break. I can't see you know, a clear picture of there's any red spots on his shirt, but I do see the police officers do not have gloves on. And without having gloves on, to me, you know, proper police work, at least what I see in TV and the movies, if someone's bleeding, you know, in the NBA, if a guy bleeds... I was about to say, forget TVs in the movies in a, in a boxing match. In a boxing match, Or in right? an NBA so, game, if somebody's bleeding, they protect on. themselves. Yeah, that's a great point. The other thing is that he didn't look, look distraught. I mean, you can say what you want about an internal break. That dude was just standing there very, fairly nonchalantly for somebody that just gunned down a young, young man. And... And yet, his friend has been going on TV saying he's crying, he's been crying, he was distraught, he was... I didn't see that. I saw a guy standing there like he was just getting a parking ticket. I think the challenge is, I, I did CNN last night with, with one of his friends, uh, his neighbor, and I think the challenge is the two gentlemen who are talking uh, on television right now are not really his friends. You know, one of them is a neighbor of his. In fact, um, he, he played a voicemail lesson in CNN, and um, George calls him Mr. Kathy, I think his last name is. As a, as a friend, you don't call your friend Mr. He's obviously a neighbor of his, and he knows him as a neighbor. He's not his friend. The other gentleman is a former co-worker of his, Joe Oliver, and I think over the past two days, we've seen he's not really his friend either. Yeah, well, he used to work for CNN, and I, it, clearly he's trying to get a job. Yeah, or, or someone's giving him a check, but it, 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 it's pretty clear that he is not his friend. So I think, you know, in terms of uh, in terms of George's behavior in that video, um, I agree with you. It, it definitely does not look like someone just beat him up um, or pounded his head into the pavement, as, as George Zimmerman's father has said said last night that he did. Um, but you know, I'm 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 besides the whether George Zimmerman's guilty or not, I'm I'm hoping that. This, he will get an arrest. Uh, he will be arrested and hoping that he will go through due process. And, and I, I believe he's innocent until proven guilty. I do believe in the court of law. But I think that um, for me, um, what's happening every day is that young black men are being uh, profiled. And young black men are walking through communities all across this country and, and people are looking at them as suspicious. And that troubles me. And that's not new to Trayvon Martin. This isn't the first time that, he, that a person has looked at a young black man and said he looks suspicious because he's black. And if, if we don't um, have those conversations and try to figure out deeply, you know, deep inside of, of our soul as a nation, uh, where that is coming from, um, I fear, I fear for for the sort of um, the, the health 
of our country uh, because black people and people of color in this country for far too long uh, have, their, have have had their necks stomped on. Uh, and here we see, um, I, was in, I was in Sanford on Monday uh, with the family. I flew down to, to Florida to see them uh, on Monday. And, and we, this is Emmett Till. I didn't think it was until I went to Sanford. This is Emmett Till. This is a moment in our country um, that uh, a young black man was killed for no reason but for being black. And if we don't if we don't have these conversations, if white people do not get involved in this conversation, um, I'm, I'm concerned and, and, I, and I fear for for the safety of our country. Okay, let's let's hit the phones. Let's go to Nisha calling from Long Beach. Hi, Nisha. You're on with Michael Skolnick on the front page. Welcome. Yes, I was waiting for... Yeah, you're on the air right now, live. Yes, I was in, um, just wanted to make a comment in regards to saying that we have to, as a nation, stand up for something or we will fall for anything. Until this country corrects the wrong in regards to inequality, we will always have to fight as a people. And I will take the comments in regards off the air. Thanks for checking in. Yeah, it is about, I mean, people want to say it's not a race issue, and I think that's kind of strange. Yeah, I also think one thing to point out, as I said in the article, is that the rights you take for granted are worthless unless you fight for the rights of others. And, you know, when, when Muslims are, are being attacked in this country, if we don't stand up for them, our rights are worthless. When Jews are attacked in this country, if we don't stand up for them, our rights are worthless. If, when black people are attacked, when immigrants are attacked, um, you know, I, I, I don't take my rights for granted. I know, as I said in the piece, and I say, you know, wherever I can speak, I know when I walk down the street, no one fears me. That's a damn privilege. That's a right. That, 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 I am lucky to have that. I would. I spoke to a dear friend of mine uh, on, on, on Al Jazeera yesterday, who was a black man who lives in Washington D.C. talking about walking to his own apartment building, and the guy, white guy in front of him, you know, walking faster because he's afraid of him. This is he walking to his own apartment building. I'll never have that uh, experience. I'll never know what it's like uh, to go into a restaurant and have the waitress or the waiter tell me, "Can you pay before you eat?" I let her taxi cab driver say, "Can you pay before we get to your house?" That is, you know, I, I and I and I and I and I, I, I'm, I would never lie and say, "Oh, I understand," because I don't understand. So because I have that privilege, because I have those rights, I gotta fight for others. I have to. Uh, Michael Skolnick, yesterday, Geraldo apologized for his uh, his comment. His comment, which was basically, you know. We shouldn't be wearing hoodies. Like if we take, if we wear a hoodie, it's our fault because we're taking our life into our hands. And he apologized. And then on your website, uh, Russell Simmons, who you are the political director for, uh, <laughs> wrote a little blog saying that the apology was BS. It wasn't. It wasn't uh, good enough for him. Um, yeah, you know, I spoke to Geraldo. I did the Geraldo show on, on Tuesday, and, and, and soon thereafter he apologized. And, and we looked at the apology um, and didn't feel uh, that Geraldo uh, gets, you know, what he said and, and, and the, the insensitivity of what he said and continued, uh, you know, to um, sort of blame the person, you know, who's wearing a hoodie. And I think as Russell said in the piece, and that's sort of the best explanation that I can make, um, is, is blaming the girl with the short short skirt who gets raped yeah. and saying, well, you know, it's her analogy he i mean and and Simmons says in the piece that he is friends with Geraldo. You know, Russell's friends with a lot of people um, <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that, that think differently than he does, um, as I am. Um, and, however, you know, friends got to call out friends. 
Um, and I think that's where you have the most honest conversation, if you can call it a friend and say, this is, you know, BS, um, and we know it's BS. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's a conservative rap. Pull up your pants. You know, the reason why kids are violent because of rap music. The reason why kids are no good because they have their pants sagging low. Now, the reason why kids have pants sagging low because it comes out of prison culture. Let's stop putting people in prison, and we'll, so then we won't have a, a pants problem. Yeah, well, my issue, and people get mad at me for saying this, you sag your pants all you want to. It's the consciousness that I'm concerned about. Uh, as long as your consciousness is not sagging, I'm good with the pants. Um, yeah. let, let's go to Cheryl from Long Beach. Good morning, Cheryl. You're radio free on 102.3 KJLH. Yes, good morning, uh, Dominique. I was um, saying that um, earlier that uh, in... Um, support for Trayvon and justice for him, we just need to do a major blackout where we don't spend any money, um, don't go into any shopping centers, um, don't don't buy any gas. I mean, just have a major blackout. How is that, how does that directly impact Trayvon, though? I mean, that case. I mean, right now you've got, you know, this uh, Angela Corey, right, the state attorney there in Florida who's shown to have a track record of going after black youth and prosecuting them as adults. You've got a smear campaign by the right wing going in the media. And I'm trying to, to figure them. out how does us not buying anything stop that? It's not just not buying thing, uh, anything, Dominic. It's like showing them that we're not going to take this anymore. We've had enough. This is it. Okay, we have enough. We've been taking it for years and years from Rodney King saying, can we all just get along? I mean, to the young man that um, was shot down in the vehicle, 12 years old or 13 years Devin old. Brown. Devin Brown. I mean, this is ridiculous. We yeah. need to shut it down. All right, and Cheryl. I mean, I, I agree with you. We need to shut it down. The question is what tactic works. You know, that's that's my only question. And I know economic boycotts can be very powerful. But does it does it impact the Justice Department? Will it impact the state attorney? Will it impact um, the local police departments? I don't know. No, no. Let's go to Jay from L.A. Good morning, Jay. You're on with Michael Skolnick on the front page. Jay. Good morning. Good, good morning, Dominic. How you doing? Good morning. Excellent. What's on your mind, sir? Yeah, I just, I just want to call in and say, you know. It's amazing to me how we have all our African Americans that, that that don't realize they're African American acting as Jim Crow uh, fans. You know, I've worked in many places, and we all know that there's always that one black person that's the friend of this white guy who always wants to come to his rescue. Like you said, this one particular guy, he's trying to get a job. Mm-hmm. He'll be on you Fox know. News. Yeah, you know, so it, he'll it, be it, on it, Fox I'm, and Friends in a minute. Right, so it just amazes me how how people, and even our local people have been calling in the last few days, how they, they, they are downplaying a situation that is so major to just more than just Trayvon. You know, like we just had this local issue uh, yesterday. So I think that, that people need to realize that this is this is bigger than Trayvon, and, and it is going to go national with a problem if we don't stand up for something. Back to the old saying, if you don't stand up for something, you fall for anything. Yeah, well... And if you don't pay attention, I mean, I don't think it's just standing up. It's like it's got to stay informed so, you know, so that we know what's going on. Um, but I, I think that we have to remember most of us are not that stupid. It's just that certain media outlets are going to find the stupid person and parade them around. You know what I mean? It's just like the news always finds the guy on the block with no teeth who's drunk 
<laughs> when they're black, and that's who they interview. That doesn't represent our neighborhood. That's just who they, how they chose to represent us. Exactly. Same thing they're doing with this new Black Panther thing. Exactly. Absolutely. Yep. I call them the new provocateurs. Thank right. you, Jay. <laughs> and we, we can see that he didn't have no bloody nose or anything. In regards to that, I was saying, you know, I've seen various incidents where the police, something has happened. If you have a broken nose and this head gash, we're going to transport you in an ambulance to the local hospital. We're not going to take you down for questioning. Yeah, if it's that serious. All right, Jay. All right, have a good one, Dominique. Okay, call me again, all right? Yeah. Uh, Michael, you want to comment on anything Jay said? I mean, I agree. I agree with all your the callers, you know, the points to callers. I think it's um, important that we all sort of step up, all of us. Yeah, we all got to step up. And uh, let's go to Shayon from Long Beach. Shayon, where you at? Good morning, sir. Good to hear from you. Hi, good morning. Well, let me just start off by saying that, you know, whites in this country will never have a honest and open conversation about white, um, I mean, racism and white privilege. I, anytime I get into a discussion with whites about race and privilege, and first thing they harken back to, well, you know, um, Africans told you guys did the slavery too. It's like, well, okay, well, that yeah, might like, be true. Like three right? of them. Like three well, of them. Well, 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 let me say this. Go on and say this. But does it matter that they sold us into slavery? If, if you go if you go to the um, Rolls Royce and buy a Rolls Royce, right, do you, do, do you crash it? And, and, and all in the polls, or do you wipe it down and you take care of it? It matter. How did you treat us once you bought us? Yeah, but the other thing about nah, it, that's a, dis I'm, that's I'm a dishonest argument because the number of black people that sold black people into enslavement is tiny, okay? It's tiny. Just like Clarence Thomas is trying to sell us, you know, into a different kind of enslavement right now, it's tiny. It's like Jay just said, you can always find someone to sell you out. But, Michael, how do you feel when you hear well, Shayon? Hold on, no, hold on, Shayon. We're having a conversation. You'll get your, your 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 minute back on. But, Michael, how do you feel when you hear Shayon say that, that white people will never have an honest conversation about race? Well, um, I'm having an honest conversation, and I'm white, so I think we start there. I, the blog is 180,000 likes on Facebook. It's it's making a lot of people uncomfortable. I got a letter in the mail from a gentleman in Los Angeles yesterday called me a POS and said, may I rot in hell, and that um, if you want anti-Semitism, you got it. Um, so it's definitely ruffling some feathers. Um, and but, but it is true, though. I mean, what Cheon says, a lot of people... Uh, white people, I don't even believe in the term white. I think it's made up. A lot of European Americans or whatever, when you talk to them, they'll say we have a chip on our shoulder. Why don't we get over it? This is not racial. That's not racial. Why do you put race on everything? And, and it's it really tiring because, you know, it's so clear from over here. Um that's why I wrote the piece, because white people got to tell white people that black people have bad. Black people can't just stand up and say, we have a bad, we have a bad, we have a bad. White people got to stand up and say that. So Muslims can't say, hold on, we're getting, you know, stomped on, stomped on, stomped on. And then, you know, the FBI is, is spying on us, and the NYPD is spying on us, and the LAPD is spying on us, right? Non-Muslims got to stand up and say, this is wrong. So that, I wrote the piece because I, I realized the only people who were standing up for Trayvon were black people. It's all black people. All right, Sean, you get you can get a, a rebuttal, and then we got to keep it moving. Hello. Okay. Yeah. Oh well, well, well. Also, also, let me let, let, quick, let me go on quick. to say, you know, um, Tim Tim Wise. Tim Wise does a lecture. He, he he's another European um white guy. He does a lecture, and he talks about 
you know, um, white privilege and, and how right. whites don't want to stand up and, and say, hey, so yeah, that, we are privileged races in this country. So, so there's, that, there's, that, that conversation is taking place, but you don't have, uh, you don't even have a consensus among European whites in this country to even join that part of the conversation. Well, the you know, all these things, I mean, any conversation about race or politics or anything, you're going to have people on all ends of the spectrum, and the conversation in the mainstream press is going to be different than the conversation that we're having on the front page. Um, but uh, Michael Skolnick, what would you what would you leave us with this morning? I, I really do uh, l- suggest that folks go to globalgrind.com, check it out for themselves. He's the um, editor in chief of that website, and it's. There's a lot of great information up there. What I would leave you, you know, having spent the day with the family on Monday in, in Florida, um, uh, I think we all know um, this isn't a, this isn't a kid in a T-shirt. This isn't a Malcolm X poster. This isn't it's on a iconized, um, you know, a 17-year-old kid who was killed just four weeks ago. This is the son of Sabrina Fulton and Tracy Martin. As Tracy Martin said, he just loses his son. He lost his best friend. Uh, this family is hurting. This family is going through a lot of pain. Um, as all families, as, as, as Al Sharpton said on, on, on Monday, as he's going to eulogize his mother the following day in Alabama, it's normal for, although it's painful, it's still normal for a parent to bury their child. It's not normal for a parent, I'm sorry, for a child to bury his parents. It's not normal for a parent to bury his child. So I, I, I would hope that we all keep this family in our prayers and in our thoughts um, as, we, as we fight the justice uh, sort of call. Um, we also recognize and remember that this family is, is, is just a, a beautiful, nice family from Southern Florida who would never in a million years thought they'd be, you know, pushed into the international spotlight. Um, so let's give them some space and give them some room to breathe and, and just shower them with love and support. Michael Skolnick, thank you so much for checking in with us this morning. It's great to talk with you. Thanks, Dominique. 5.05 in the morning. It's the front page. we got more straight ahead. Kari Inaharo is going to be joining us. Yo-Yo is here in the studio. And, of course, you, 520-KJLH, 520-5554. You know where you are. It's Total Talk Expression, Radio Free, 102.3 KJLH. Walk like you're chosen. Select heads meet here. The front page on Radio Free, 102.3 K-J-L-H.